فاشرف بي لاشتغالي بالعلم ولا تبغي به ما عشت يا ذا بدلا ويا له من شرف عظيم So can we attribute to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knowledge? But we can we attribute to Allah aql? Can we say Allah is aql? He has big aql. Can we? Yeah? Huh? Can we say Allah is aql? Allah has aql. You know, you know what aql is, right? Huh? Can we say? There's a, there's, a, there's a poetry that scholars mention. Which is علم العليم وعقل العاقل اختلفا They say علم and عقل met each other one day and they disputed one another they had a khilaf amongst themselves اختلفا من ذا الذي فيهما قد أحرز الشرفا and the dispute was from who from amongst us me and you has reached the highest level of uh, nobility who is the best me or you فالعلم قال knowledge this he said I'm the one who reached the pinnacle. I'm knowledge. Come on. I reached the highest level there is. Aqal said, no, no, no. Through me, people knew who Allah is. If it wasn't for me, no one would know who Allah is. Knowledge thought for a bit. And then it eloquently responded and said, which of us does Allah describe himself in the Quran? Which one does he give himself as a description? Knowledge. Me, not you. Then knowledge, uh, sorry, logic realized and that knowledge is his master. He kissed his on the forehead. He kissed knowledge on the forehead and he said, Come, let's just go, man. Let's just go. So which one's more, brothers? Rationality or logic or knowledge? Ilm. What do, we hear to, what do you see today? Huh? What do we see people give more importance to? Ya ikhwa, as the eyesight of the person is qasir, is deficient, can you see far beyond the limit? Yeah? Knowledge is, and your logic is like that, your rationality, your mind is like that. It's limited of how far it can see. Shaykh al-Islam Taymiyyah respectfully put down the, 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 the powerful meaning and he said, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, he said, فَالشَّرْعُ قَادِمْ The Sharia is a what? It's the judge. The Sharia is the judge. It judges everything. Okay, you're right, you're wrong. The Sharia does that. وَالْعَقْلُ شَاهِدٌ And the aql is a, is a witness. In the court, you have a judge and you have a witness. So what's the aql? The aql, logic, is a witness. وَيَجُوزُ لِلْقَاذِ It is permissible for the judge طَرْدُ الشَّاهِدِ He can say to, to, the, to the witness, I don't need you anymore, you've done your job, leave now. And that's exactly what logic is like. The Sharia uses it when it wants. And when it says, it goes. Sahih. Some scholar Ibn Taymiyyah says in another place, The Sharia 
made logic a governor. And then after that, it, what? It dismissed it. It told it you're no longer needed for your role anymore. Sahih? So what it means is that knowledge is what's beyond uh, rationality. So this is a fa'idah. So that's why we don't call Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alim. Uh, sorry, aqil. We never call Allah aqil. We call him alim, knowledge. So knowledge realized, sorry, aqal realized that it's not of the caliber of knowledge, is it? It's not of the caliber of knowledge. So we say Allah is aliman. And also qadiran. Qadiran means what? Qadiran is able. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is able to do anything. But we all know Allah's ability is always restricted with what? Wisdom. So if anybody comes up to you and says to you, can Allah create a rock which he can't lift? We'll say all you've looked at is Allah's ability. Every action Allah does is not, not only just based on mere action. Sahih. If I today go and I punch the wall because I'm able to do it, you're just going to look at me and say, are you dumb? You don't do things because you can do it. You do it with what? Because it's wisdom. I'm going to be like, okay, if I do it, what am I going to get from it? You're like, nothing. So why am I going to do it for? Sah? Why do you think Allah's actions are stripped from wisdom? Why would you think? What, what, you tell me the wisdom, why would Allah want to create a rock which he cannot lift? Explain the wisdom to me. And then now we, we have... Both of the things in which Allah does an action on, which is ability and wisdom, together the action comes. Does that make sense? Are you with me, brothers and sisters? Very important. We Ahl Sunnah believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's wisdom of things and why He does them. That's important. So Allah is Aliman and what? Qadiran. Allah is Aliman and He's Qadiran. The author here mentions Ilm and Qudra. Because those are two things that are needed for what? To also create something. If you have, you've got the ability, meaning you've got the strength, you've got the power, and you've got the stamina, but you don't know what you need to do. How are you going to do it if you don't have knowledge for it? So you need that knowledge in order to do it. Then the Sheikh says, Wa sallallahu is salutation on the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Sallallahu means what? There are many views that the scholars push. What does sallallahu mean? We say sallallahu means what? What does sallallahu mean to us? It means Allah praising the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in his gathering up there. Allah is praising him alayhi salatu wa sallam. Ala Sayyidina our master Muhammad. Alladhi the one arsalahu Allah sent him ila nasi to the people. And he was sent him as the author here mentions bashiran wa nadira. He was sent to give glad tidings and he was also sent to warn the people. He came to tell the people about the good news that awaits them if they follow Allah's command and they stay away from the prohibition. And he also وسلم, came to warn them about the punishment that awaits them if they go against Allah's command and if they don't do what they're told to do. Or they fall into that which they're being prohibited from. وَعَلَىٰ آلِ مُحَمَّدٍ Al here, we take the opinion of Imam Shafi'i, which is Al here means two family members of the Prophet. And who are they? Banu Hashim and Muttalib. Banu Hashim is the people the Prophet is from and Muttalib is the other family member of the Prophet. Those are the only two when we say, when we say, وَعَلَىٰ آلِهِ, we only mean those two. 
وصحبه and his companions Companions are anyone who met the Prophet We don't say anyone who saw the Prophet because they were blind companions So you don't say anybody who saw the Prophet Don't use the word saw Because then you're going to take away companions who were companions but they didn't have eyesight So what do you say? Those who met the Messenger And they didn't just meet him They met the Prophet in a state of Iman So they have what they were upon was Iman And they also died upon Iman Good Don't worry, the author is going to mention all of this in his kitab Nukbatul Fikr uh, He mentions all in his Nusratul Nadar Rahimahullah Ta'ala Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallama Tasliman kathiraman Amma ba'du to proceed Amma ba'du is used intiqal min uslubin ila akhar Intiqal min uslubin ila akhar the word Amma Ba'du is used when you want to move from one type of speech to another type of speech. When you want to move from one form of um, like introduction. Because the author just now was talking about the introduction and praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for what he it deserves. Or, or praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay. And also sending salutation on the Prophet sallallahu And also uh, the companions and those who follow the Prophet sallallahu Now that I've mentioned that introduction for you, he's saying. That's what it is. He says, and then always generally the ulama, the amma ba'du is badal from the word mahma yakun min shayin. It originally comes from mahma yakun min shayin. However, the matter may be. Amma ba'du to proceed. Fa'inna tasanifa. Tasanif means the authorship, the works. Fa'inna tasanifa. The author says, for the authorship, the books that have been put together. The books that have been put together. Okay. So now the author now straight away goes into the mawdu'. This is called bara'atul istihlal. Bara'atul istihlal means what? It means that he's going to be talking about something that's connected to the topic that he's dealing with. So he'll mention that in the introduction. The author says, فَإِنَّ التَّصَانِيفَ The books that have been written it's written in Mustalah al-Hadith. The books that are written in Mustalah al-Hadith, قَدْ كَثُرَتْ It became too much in number. This science that we're going to be studying, which is called Mustalah al-Hadith. What does the word istilah mean? Or, or the word Mustalah mean? The word istilah, it means Ittifaq Ta'ifa Mu'ayyana Mu'ayyana ala Shay Mu'ayyana This is what istilah means. Istilah means, it means, it means ittifaqu ta'ifatin mu'ayyanatin ala shay'in, ala shay'in mu'ayyanin is when a group of people agree on a particular thing. So we sit down and we agree today 
that this term is going to be this. The definition of this term to us is going to be this. This is what istilah means. Istilah means an agreement that takes place between, between a group of people. They agree on something. This is called istilah. Like for example, when we look at the scholars of fiqh, for example, they define amongst themselves terms. When they say wajib, according to them, it means something. It's a term they use together. When they say mustahab, it means something to them. When they say muharram, haram, it means something to them. Makruh, sahih, fasid. All of these are words that have ma'anin mu'ayyana, specific meanings to these individuals. Muta'arifin alayha baynahum. And this is something that they, within themselves, they, they know it amongst themselves. So this is what istilah means. Are you with together? A jargon. Huh? A jargon. Uh, languages are like that as well. That's originally where language comes from. A group of people say this is what this word means to us. This is what it means to us. Are we all together? So the word istilah, what does it mean? What does istilah mean? Ittifaqu ta'ifatin mu'ayyanatin ala shay'in mu'ayyanin. Okay? These kind of things you need to memorize. Very good. <coughs> then the author, rahimahullah, he starts. You're not meant to be here. You crossed the red line. Pakistan and India, you can't come in. Are we all together? So. That's where it's istilah uh, uh, means. Well, like some of the scholars, sometimes they say things like la mushahata fi istilah. What do they mean by la mushahata fi istilah? Yeah, there's no agreement to this. Like, there's no, let's not really make a big, uh, <coughs> big fuss about the, 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 the definitions here and there. Sah? But if the definition has a uh, if it has a problem in it, in the sense where it's now causing a problem, then it's wrong. Are you there, brothers? Like for example, somebody says, Sahih Sunnah Abi Dawood. And they mean the actual Sunnah Abi Dawood will say, Ya Akhi, this is not istilah, I will accept it from you. Because Sunnah Abi Dawood is not all Sahih. Bukhari na'am, Muslim na'am. Like in Sunnah Abi Dawood, to call it Sahih Sunnah Abi Dawood, this doesn't fall under la mushahata fi istilah. Does it? Because your statement here has an effect, it has a problem here. What's the problem that it has? You're giving a ruling. You're giving a ruling to Sunnah Abi Dawood, which is that it's authentic. And all the hadiths that are in there are authentic. Now we're not going to say, Allah mushahata fi istilah, that we shouldn't have a big khilaf uh, on the terms and the defining of the terms. Anyways, ala kulli hal, the author here starts with, uh, let's take the term for example, khabar. What does khabar mean? Before we go into it, what does the word khabar mean? What's the definition of al-khabar? Yeah? Huh? What does khabar mean? So now you have to ask yourself, are you talking about khabar according to the muhaddithin? That's the meaning. Khabar is something else. Are you talking about khabar according to the nuhat and the grammarians? The mubtada and the khabar. The khabar for them is what? For example, the muhadithin, 
Khabar for them is manusiba ila Rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anything that's attributed to the Prophet or ila ghayrihi or anything that's attributed to other than the Prophet min al-aqwali or al-af'al speech or action. According to the grammarians it's a, it's a juz min al-jumlat al-ismiyah al-mutammimatu li-ma'naha It's a portion of the jumla ismiyah and it completes its meaning. Sahih? Are we all together? No? Yes? Like when we say mubtada for example, Zaydun, and I go quiet. You're going to think, like, what was Zayd? What? I have to say, Qa'imun, standing. Huh? The minute I say Qa'imun, Qa'imun is the what? It's the khabar of Zayd. It's completing the meaning that's in what I was going to say about Zayd. This is called khabar in the Arabic language. Does that make sense? So it's one word. Each group of people said this is what it means to us. Scholars of hadith, khabar means this to them. The scholars of grammar, the word al-khabar means this to them. So when you go into each science, you have to respect what they define the word to be. If you're talking in usul al-tafsir, you use the khabar for what it is. Okay? When you're talking about grammar, you know what the word khabar means in the science that you're talking in. When you come to hadith, you know what the word khabar means in that science. So don't force each term you define in another science. Don't push it to this science because later a lot of mistakes come from that. The author says, تصانيف, The books that are written, الحديث, The books that are written in the scholars of hadith, they wrote about the science of hadith, It's become too much. So that's why this science is called Mustalah al-Hadith. That's why it's called Mustalah al-Hadith. Why is it called Mustalah al-Hadith? It's the terms that the people of hadith agreed upon. That's why we call it Mustalah al-Hadith. Why do we call it Mustalah al-Hadith? It's because it's the terms that the scholars agree upon between themselves. That's why we call it Mustalah al-Hadith. في اصطلاح أهل الحديث قد كاثرت It has become a lot. وبوسطت It's become a lot and it has also been expanded on. واختصرت And it's also been summarized. So he's saying to you here the books that are written in Mustalah al-Hadith this science has become too much and it has also become some uh, some of them are expanded on like it's volumes and some of them are summarized abridged he said and we know the books we've spoken about the books there's no need for us to go into the books now we spoke about the books that are summarized we also spoke about the books that are extended on explained in details so the author then says فسألني, i was asked by who? Ba'dul Ikhwani, some brothers. Some individuals came up to me, Ibn Hajar said, and they asked me, An that I summarize for them the important matters pertaining to this science. The most important matters pertaining to this science that I summarized it for them. And I responded. To this request of these individuals, or these individuals who asked me, I request, I responded with a yes. I agreed. I said, no problem. Why? Raja, I hope that I will also fall under those who have treaded on this path before me. So those scholars who wrote in this science, I'll also be one of those who, who, yeah, who added onto, the, or onto some authorship into the science. 
So if somebody comes after later, they'll add my works also in the list of those books that are there. So I, I can basically I can contribute something to this science. That's why I did it. And this is something you're going to see, which is that the ulama and the students were always connected. The people were always going back to the scholars and they will always ask the scholars for something. Sheikh, there's this issue, can you author a book in it? Or can you do a lecture on it? Or can you this or can you that? And the scholars are like that. The people for the people, they're the ones who light the earth for them. They're the ones who light the earth for the people and allow the people to see what's in front of them. And there are many books that are written in this particular science. We did already speak about it in the Muqaddimah. We spoke about it in good detail. But there's something I need to mention, which is that the books that are written in this science are authored in two methods. Okay? The books that are written in this science, Mustalah al-Hadith, the way and the method that the scholars have written it is in two paths, two ways. Okay? The first tariqah, the first way in which the scholars have written these books, all of the books that we spoke about last time, is in the following. Number one is a ta'seel thumma tanwir. A ta'seel thumma tanwir. What does it mean a ta'seel thumma tanwir? It means they, they first of all they first of all mention the asal and then they bring from that the types. And the books that are very famous in doing that are very well known in doing that is Al-Hafid Al-Khatib al-Baghdadi. If you look at Khatib al-Baghdadi's way of writing in this particular science, in Mustalah al-Hadith, he uses the approach which is known as a ta'seel thumma tanwir. He uses that approach, which is that he places the foundation and then he places the, uh, you know, the types under it. So for example, if you go to his kitab al-Kifaya, fi usul al-Riwaya. If you go to his kitab al-Kifaya, fi usul al-Riwaya. So he places, first of all, يُأَصِّلُ He places the foundations لِلْقَضَايَا الْكُلِّيَّ لِهَذَا الْعِلْمِ First of all, he places the foundations and the, gen, the general comprehensive principles in this field. And then after he does that, and after he puts that in place, he goes into giving uh, the types of... going to the... Uh, the anwa' and the types that come out of it. Very good. The second type is known as At-Tanwi'u Thumma Ta'seel. This is called At-Tanwi'u Thumma Ta'seel, which is basically you mention the types, then you mention the asr for it. So they mention the anwa' types first. They list all the types. And after they mention all of the types, then they basically build, build the foundation. Once they've done that, they build the foundation for it. And they give principles that fall under it. <coughs> and you tend to find that um, that this is the, the, the way that the, the, the late comers have basically taken, which is the mutaakhirin have done. The early scholars like Khatib al-Baghdadi and others, they generally used to just place the ta'seel first and then tanwir. But the late comers, when they came, 
ever since uh, Ibn Salah and others, this is the way that they took. Half of the Muhajjar in this book though, he benefited from both of the parts. That's why this book is something else. This Kitab, Nukmatul Fikr, Hafiz Ibn Hajar, he actually benefited from what? Both of the parts, he benefited from them. And he really tried his best to really apply both of the principles, both of them. He tried to do it both. Rahimahullah Ta'ala. So we'll see a lot of benefits in that regard. That's why this book is something else. 